Hello, this is Samuel Hansen. You are listening to Combinations and Permutations. On this week's episode, we discuss how John Nash can get you laid. The star of the movie Phantoms, Why Math Equals Crazy, Better Armageddon Plots, and Erdosh Bacon Numbers. Here it goes. Hello and welcome to episode two of Combinations and Permutations. I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and instead of going around in a clockwise order as i did last time i will go around in counterclockwise and introduce for the second time christopher bates also Me- known as the undergraduate misa jaja binks in episode two <laughs> okay i i think that's it and that, uh, thank that, you everybody that kills the comedic <laughs> That killed the comedic element in both this show and in Star Wars. And the uh, voice that you just heard is not getting introduced right now. So next up is Jeff Johnson with a G Uh, and uh, also known as the person who knows nothing about math. I don't know anything about, well, basics, but not too far. Not enough to be on a math show. Okay. Well, thank you for showing up anyway. And then, of course, there's Anthony Solari. What can we say? But I do have the power of induction now. So, by the power of Grace Skull and induction. Uh, we're going to get copyright <laughs> issues over this pretty soon. Oh, uh, okay. maybe I didn't say that. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, as we did last week, we'll start off with a topic and hopefully not end up anywhere near it. This week's topic, though, uh, is slightly different. Uh, it's not actually a general idea about math as a whole. Instead, what we're going to talk about this week is math in popular culture so you know where it shows up in movies music uh various other places does anyone uh have a good example of math in popular culture you guys have all seen the beautiful mind right yeah yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, I... we've come essentially to the cl- conclusion that when he writes on or at least jeff and i have when he writes on the like clear whiteboards that's really mm-hmm. fucking cool but the movie <laughs> eh. <laughs> well my favorite part of the proof was where he, where they uh they demonstrated his whole basic premise, you know. There's the blonde girl. There's the four dark. There's the three. Wait a minute, how many was there? Three or four? Not enough. I don't know. Anyway, there was not four. enough. I think that's the point. There was one dark-haired girl for each guy and one blonde-haired girl. And I like the whole the whole premise of how that demonstrated a deep mathematical game theory idea. You know, every if everybody went for the blonde girl. Then they'd kind of block each other, and then nobody would get any girls at all. So everybody kind of went for their second best choice. Oh. Anyway, I just thought that was, I don't know what you guys think. And so we actually, you know, game theory. So we, we need the Nash equilibrium here. Nash equilibrium. <laughs> that was, otherwise nobody gets laid, you know. that's It's an important part of everyday life. Okay, so Nash <laughs> equilibrium, proper understanding of Nash equilibrium equals more girls in the sack. Well, at least we one. At least one. I think everybody something very, very important. <laughs> Unless you're a math uh, a math student, you know, because when you go into a bar, your probability of head is equal to your probability of tail, which is equal to zero. 
Okay, right. so uh, going on to, you know, I think we actually uh, broke know, last week's record for talking about sex, which was four minutes. Four minutes, yeah. We got I'm to not... like two and a half this time. Okay. I'm not sure I appreciate the moral, but I, I thought it was a particularly good demonstration of a complex math theorem. Okay, so, so going off to this, I think what we'll start out with as far as popular culture is, uh, you know, at, since we've already been talking about movies, movies and television. So and you have... Uh, I mean, nowadays you have things like Numbers, which is literally a show about a mathematician. And the really cool thing to me about the show is the fact that it's real math. Throughout mm -hmm. the entire show, they actually have an entire group of mathematicians that work on the show and make sure that the things that get written on the boards are correct. And he does a lot of graph theory and combinatorics, so therefore I'm immensely interested. Anyone else here actually watch the show? I saw a 20-second commercial on the internet. Yeah, you're better than me, actually. <laughs> I just heard about it last night. Yeah, so... Okay, so that, that has... A, that has, what, has no what about... Okay, what about... We're going to have ben a monologue Affleck, here. Uh, <laughs> ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I think they're gay. Are they brothers? They might be. No, no, no. No, Casey they're not brothers. Different Casey Casey and one's ben blonde. Brothers. Who's Casey Affleck? Casey, Casey. He was, he was in Ocean's Eleven. He was uh, the other driver guy. Not Scott Kane, the other dude. Is that a math movie? <laughs> no. It has, but, a, it has an 11 in it. <laughs> but, yes, it does have a number in it, which is another idea of math and pop culture. There's a lot of numbers showing up, but... TV24. Anyone else remember Goodwill Hunting by any chance? Yeah, yeah it was yes. directed by Gus Van Zandt. Yeah. And written by hey, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Gus Van Zandt does not listen to our podcast. You know when he hears his name. <laughs> We're going to talk about milk later. <laughs> Yeah, I actually used some in the pizza sauce I made last night. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so, but that's why I mentioned Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I mean, it's it's kind of an odd idea that that Meathead and the guy who can't act, Mr. Uh, Mr. Shake. Well, I was oh, that's I always Watt. that's Meatwad. I always think of uh, you know Ben Affleck as just that guy from Mallrats and Phantoms. Oh. He was fantastic in Phantoms. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about the the Kevin Smith stuff. Yeah, well, Kevin Smith actually was an executive producer of Goodwill Hunting. Oh, really? It's a view askew. Whoa, movie. Gus Van Sant and Kevin Smith they, met. Yeah, they they well Kevin uh, like uh they, the Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. They Gus Van Sant's in that. Oh really? I mm. I've only seen like ten. Or movies. I think he's a few in that. <laughs> nah, it, it doesn't matter if he's in it or not. No, no, they know each other. They're, yeah, okay, but I don't know. It just doesn't well, seem like it's it's strike, Oh, here comes two people walking around. It's odd, especially One. that uh you know. You know, people like Gus Van Sant, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Kevin Smith actually did a movie about math. Now, if anyone can remember what the math in that movie was, because I, I... I actually did a lot of the... There was a lot of graph theory in there, and actually I did... It was like a... I did all the math that they did in that movie in a graph theory for math teachers class. So it wasn't even advanced... It wasn't even that advanced math or graph theory. Basically, all they did was... um. You know, they would take, yeah, they would, I guess they would just take some basic mathematics problems, draw the graph up there. And I guess the idea was if you draw a graph up there, there's some magical relation between this very simple graph and some very, very difficult problems. You know, you draw two dots, you connect the two dots with a line, and somehow that's the solution to the Riemann hypothesis. Like Oh, that you know, you know I <laughs> I have done a lot of work with paths recently, oh. and you know if that could help me solve the Riemann, I'd be very very happy. Yeah, and, and very rich. but but I've also done work with graph theory and magic, 
It's just oh. been the same point. Yeah, I mean, I do integer magic labelings of mm. graphs, which has nothing to do with goodwill hunting. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah, the graphs there they actually go they actually belong to very simple problems. They don't belong to anything nearly as difficult as what they're pretending. It so is what what you're saying is that they should have done the same thing that the guys who did numbers did hire actual mathematicians to consult weren't they with at, them. Weren't they in Harvard in that movie? Or Yale? They were in MIT. Okay. Is Richard Richard, Richard Dreyfus is in that, is he? No, Robin no. Williams. Okay. It's always one. Because yeah. I always think Richard <laughs> Dreyfus is in like every Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> but the face is more. But Robin Williams is also, he was in like, what, Dead Poets Society and stuff? Yeah, but yeah, so I, for some odd reason, I don't really conflate Richard Dreyfus and Robin Williams too often. Like both those like shorty, shorter, hairy guys. They're but names one both star, start with R. R. <laughs> well, no, but I'm talking about like they're both like a lot. They always, not always. I mean, you know, Robin Williams is Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> and Richard Doubtfire was Richard Dreyfus was, was about to get eaten by a shark. One hour photo. Yeah, <laughs> he was almost eaten by a shark. <laughs> Did he? No, he's he's a survivor. Oh, I I have no idea. Never saw the I don't movie. Know, but I anyway, just knew but he the was point, in it. No, he but he was like in what about Bob? He was like kind of like a professor type. Mr. Holland's Opus. He was like a professor type. Uh, high school band yeah. teacher. But... Well, they're professors sometimes. Just they have hard luck. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know. But I'm saying like I just this hasn't had to do with math or anything. But no, I was just wasn't sure. So it was Robin Williams. Yeah. So Will but... Will Hunting, he's a genius, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's in kind the of the premise. He's a genius who talks, or d- does not talk. Talks. He's a genius who hangs out with a bunch of people. <laughs> that's kind of genius who talks to laymen. Yeah, he's a genius <laughs> who hangs out with a bunch of people who can't Lesser enunciate mortals. words. Yeah. And, and he's a janitor. Right. Yeah, he's right. a janitor who solves math. The you know, genius janitor. Bill, oh, that would be Bill such a good solves all of our problems. Sequel. I've seen. You know, Bill is probably. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Bill's brighter than uh, Will. Will hunting though, because I mean, Will's writing on these mirrors that he's gonna have to clean. Use a chalkboard. There are plenty <laughs> of them there. <laughs> Do you remember what was that movie, Flight of the Navigator? Like, oh, way back in the room, the and there's like, oh yeah, there's nothing on the other side of this here, but there's like four scientists behind that thing looking at him. Were they mathematicians? No. Then we don't fucking care. <laughs> well, they probably. I <laughs> Not mean, related. they're scientists, but no, I was, you were talking about like the clear wall. So. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking but, about a mirror. <laughs> that's a clear wall as far as i'm concerned oh okay uh in in okay let, let's just try to think of other movies so so far we've had beautiful mind goodwill hunting Should we write these down? Yeah, Three, 300 well, oh 300 there were 300 guys and, pie, and they counted them. them as they fell down yeah. pie. Yeah, pie pie is one pie okay pie, there we go uh, there's something okay we have a uh, proof mm-hmm. yeah that that was a recent one. Didn't actually see it, but it started out as a Broadway show or or a, no, not a Broadway show. I think it was in. Oh yeah, I remember. It was in London, if I remember correctly, is where it yeah. started. But it's, I mean, it was a really big deal. It was a you know book, award winning yeah stage production. And then what Anthony Hopkins is in it. Gwen is yeah. Paltrow. Sta- he was yeah, in the stage show. Paltrow. No, no, in the in the, oh, in the okay. actual movie. movie. Anyone play. actually see it? Yeah, it, I saw it. What was it, was... it about? Uh, okay, you guys actually haven't seen it. Okay, um. Basically, how this goes is um, the grandfather, he's this super genius. He, There's a reason I think this is done very well. Okay, let me say why I think this movie was done very well. Normally, when you're talking about something highly technical like mathematics, you have a couple of options. You can talk about mathematics that has already been done and all the answers have been known. All the answers are already known, so you're kind of talking about what happened in the past. And you can do that for things like Beautiful Mind and stuff like that. But when you're trying to do a futuristic sci-fi sort of thing, you want to do something that isn't well-known. And so if, you want, if you're trying to do something that isn't well-known, you can 
you can like make conjectures, but eventually you'll probably be proven false. And a lot of people will think, oh, that's crazy. They didn't do research, blah, blah, blah. Um, your other main option is to not get technical at all and not, and try like, like they did in Goodwill Hunting with the graph theory. Most people don't really know what any of that is. And so long as you're not paying attention, the story flows great. And so if you don't really know about anything about the technical nature of it, you just kind of get a feeling for what's going on. And that's, that's really what brings forth the story. So anyway, in uh, proof, there's this guy. Somehow he invented something that united all these different areas of mathematics. And one of the things that made this believable is they didn't tell you anything whatsoever that I can remember having anything to do with any of the technical details of what was going on or what this proof was or what he did that united everything. But apparently he was famous for having united something way back in his youth, like in his early 20s. Okay, so he gets older. Basically, one, another premise of this thing is when after you're older than early 20s, people never contribute anything whatsoever to math. It's always all, all your, you know, you can do stuff in physics, you may do stuff doing stuff in computer science, but you're kind of over the hill at 25. And this is one of the premises of the movie. I don't know why. So I think a lot of us are already. Yeah, we're, we're, huh. we're, we're, we're near. I've got two more years. <laughs> we're, we're almost over the hill. <laughs> we're very close. We have, we have to do our award-winning stuff in the next year or so, a lot of us. So anyway, it doesn't. So what, what's over is, the hill for English? Uh, uh, 60, I think. Okay, yeah. so you, you got what, like, you, you crossed that like two, three years ago? Yeah. <laughs> it's all break time now. <laughs> of course, of no course, pressure. of course, none of this is really true. I mean, a lot of the... No, it's true. I think it's true. Well, I don't know. Wiles, Wiles didn't even complete his proof of Fermat's last lecture until he was over 40. Yeah, but it is true. It In a lot of times, uh, the work uh, that... Mathemati a lot of mathematicians do they at least do the big stuff when they're younger and then they spend the rest of their time like knocking away at the at the rest of it until uh until they actually have the proved thing until they have the proof finished but a lot of the big like mind opening <laughs> things happen at first i mean gh hardy himself said young men prove theorems old men write books or old or young men should prove theorems. Young men should write books. I think that was also part of the reason that the Fields Medal was only awarded to people under forty. Is yep, that was kind of the basic idea. What I mean, what credit should be given though to the older mathematicians who are there to read these, you know, these conjectures or these theorems. Oh, they actually make they're sure that they're done. They're incredible. The role of the older mathematician as you know there's a checker of... as peer reviewer is incredibly important and there are plenty of older mathematicians who do fantastic original and new ground exactly work. i was about to say let's not throw them out no no it's and there's no reason uh, i think Erdos kept doing things oh yeah well until yeah, he, until he I, died he actually still, he actually <laughs> publishes a paper or like five every year and he's been dead for a few yeah, and they they're going back through his notes, and they keep on finding new theorems. Yeah, he was doing great stuff well into his eighties. Yeah, and no, I mean it's but I, the general perception is. Yeah, that, that's a, that's the that is a general perception. I don't know if it's true, but just, it's definitely. But it, I mean, if you but I mean if you're talking about you know say Wiles or Erdos, you're talking about 
like the true luminaries of the field too. You're talking about people. That... We're talking about people who get who should get Fields medals, and they're banned we're talking to being about, under forty. We're what talking about doing? people who probably should be getting Nobel prizes, except Nobel hated mathematicians and didn't fund a prize for us. There, what was the reason? Sweden. For that? I heard it was... I, uh, the, Sweden's the reason, got the Nobel prize now. The reason that I heard. Uh, is that his wife cheated on him with a mathematician? Oh well, that would do it. That seems like a fickle <laughs> reason, though. Well, oh, we yeah, instead but, of lynching him, we should lynch know. the but, mathematician. But isn't that, isn't you know? Nobel also the guy who created TNT? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he 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 blew shit up. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to question. It. And, yeah, and, right. and that story could be completely false. It's just one that I happened to hear. Mm. Which well, there's also like it. a lot of writers who like I mean. Who didn't like James Joyce didn't get like a Nobel Prize, you know? He deserved one without a doubt. And then there's lots of people who get him who, I don't know. with the Nobel Prize and writing things that are completely unreadable. No, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, it's I mean, we don't have to get into James I, Joyce. I have I have an easier time reading through mathematical research papers than I do getting through the first page of Ulysses. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. It's different. No, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying like it's a, I'm not, oh yeah, it's a cakewalk for me or anything, but. What's the process for like reviewing and judging? See, that's the thing. Know, no one. Of art, like, you know, yeah, exactly. Art, like, well, their criteria. Yeah, well, I mean, how do they? Who is there a board or a panel? There's a panel, but how they select things, like they kind of keep that top secret. And I don't know. There's like a big like problem last year. I know when they were doing the 2008 one, they were talking about like how America doesn't really hold scope in the world a lot because they're very self-centered. Well, or, when is that the last so, that, time that's not an American quote or anything. won? I think Toni Morrison was the last one, like, 92 or 93 or something like that. So, they like European. And I don't see too many, like, Indian, you know, like, or Eastern authors getting a whole lot Yeah, what either. about, didn't an African author recently win? Um, I'm not sure. Soyinka was the one I know about. He was here last year, I think. Yeah. He gave a talk. Uh, it was great. He was supposed to be a professor here for a while or something, right? But yes, then he, he went to, did something else. Somewhere that's not UNLV? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so so okay, far so we back have... to proof. Let me let me finish my story real quickly. Okay, so anyway, he did this thing when he was really young. He now he's now he's an old professor. He starts to lose his mind, right? Apparently, he's got this genetic mental thing that um. Yeah, he's slowly going crazy, slowly losing his mind, and apparently that was part of the thing that contributed to his mathematical ability, supposedly, and. It's uh, inheritable, so they think his daughter may have it. And so he's slowly going crazy in, in his old age. He taught his daughter all the mathematics she knows. And so for a while, she thinks, you know, she's working on her PhD. She's approaching the magic age where she's useless after that, and her brain just stops working, which doesn't make sense. But this is how the play goes. And he, as he starts, she's living with him. She's taking care of him. And she's going through one of his old notebooks. And so after a while, she starts discovering, she, I think she, what happens is she discovers this new proof. And what happens is, is they're not sure whether she discovered it or somehow in her grandfather's mad ravings in her notebook, he discovered it. And so there's this big thing, is she going crazy and just stealing what he's done. And okay, but the, the only thing out of there that seemed the least bit interesting is the idea that being insane helps you do mathematics. Insane, and you got to be under 25 and crazy. 
That's so the under idea. 25 and insane. And insane. And that also goes with like Beautiful Mind and Pie. Right. Yeah. So uh, Nash that... actually was batshit insane. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any doubt. <laughs> no, no, about but I mean that. like yeah, but I mean with Pie, like he was in popular culture mathematician. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times, well, it numbers is actually kind of the uh, the odd man out in this, but it does seem a lot of times you you have this really singular and if not nuts then reclusive individual good the i mean will hunting and goodwill hunting mm -hmm. you know live by himself on a mattress in a like a tenement in southie and just read books all day long and was you know like monastic in a way and then you know in both proof and pie and uh, beautiful mind you have the fat shit insane guy in numbers it's kind of odd he's very well adjusted has a Holds but a very there's, good job. They have mathematicians working on that show, though, right? Yeah, they're there's, not going to let him be portrayed as. Well, and he helps out with the FBI. Like they're probably like, "Hey, what do you think of this script?" And they're well, like, "Oh no, we have to take, you have to change this because right here he's going batshit crazy." I know. I they're think, like, yeah, "Oh come on, man." I think it's. I think it's more that uh, he's working for the FBI, and you're not going to put oh, a show yeah, on television yeah. where you have a batshit insane guy solving crimes. Can't get no. clearance though, <laughs> being batshit. Those are superheroes. <laughs> But yeah, superheroes, but but you know, FBI is you know real right. world. Like the the whole idea is this is there's... you know a very real world thing, and there are mathematicians yeah, yeah. who consult for the FBI and yeah. help yeah. solve crime. Well, yeah, there's a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> I like it when they bring like the ghost hunters in. The <laughs> FBI. Like they'll be like, so they brought the ghost hunter in. Yeah, how often does that happen? I Cause... I watch Unsolved Mysteries. It seems to happen every week. <laughs> 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 different case. Actually, the chicken medium just published a paper with Paul Erdos. Uh, so she has an Erdos number of what? Uh, now one, right? Oh, Who? Yeah. In medium, you know, she's she's one of those ghost consultants, and she's oh, talking oh, with Erdos, yeah. you know. And so just Erdos, Erdos, Erdos number one or after the in after. medium. Yeah, well, I mean, she you know she talks to ghosts, so she talked to him, and then she oh, ended she up publishing a paper. To, she talked to, to the Paul ghost. Erdos. <laughs> I have to find that episode. That sounds absolutely <laughs> no, fantastic. I, I'm, I'm just shitting. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, oh, fuck you. Hey, but we could right. we could write it. We could. Write write it. it sounds like a great hey, we episode. Have, we have a writer here. <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, we I don't can... know who Erdos is, but you tell me, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't I'll know, work I don't out know the... anything about math, but I mean, <laughs> isn't he the yeah. man who mistook his yeah, wife for a hat rack? Coat rack? Hey, big whoa! That that away. The hat rack. He did. Well, he called he called little children epsilons. Oh well, I call children lots of things. Yeah, I know about that. Garb. Gardenias of the earth. <laughs> Gar gardenias of the earth. What's a gardenia? It's in a, it's a flower. flower. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what? That, that, flower that, that was the first <laughs> official power. <laughs> first <laughs> official <laughs> high five. Very, very important. Another number. <laughs> the first or five? Which one? No, uh, no, no. It's in in is a number. Was that who? Who was the one about the man who mistook? Oh, what about uh, what about Steve uh, Steve Austin, John three sixteen, right? Three give him the 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 stunner, stone cold stunner. Yeah, yeah, like so... three sixteen, right? <laughs> 316 He's math. is a Bible. Well, I know verse. that. I know what that is. But I mean, like he he helped bring math into wrestling. Yeah, I do that. I'm vaguely. Just trying to vaguely. Yeah. What's that? No, I mean, there's the... Yeah. Well, be before he was Stone Cold, wasn't he the $6 million man? Because he was Steve Austin. So, you know, the playoff. Yeah. But he died, I think, and then he came back. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. It seems possible. <laughs> it seems him, plausible you know? for anybody who doesn't know. For anyone who has no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> it seems very plausible. 
But it's oh. funny because, um, well, I don't know if I should get that information out. Yeah, well, okay, out. my 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 school email is John sixteen thirty seven, which is John three sixteen is in there. Nevada dot edu. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and so, uh, I'm just gonna only say very related things now because I'm like, <laughs> probably someone will be like, oh, so no, no, say something about that number. Um, it's the Bible verse and what? Uh, I, what do you mean? What is it? What Bible verse is it? Sixteen thirty-seven. I don't know. For God so loved oh. the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Yeah. Stone oh. Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that's three sixteen though. Yeah. What's the one? That oh, what's oh, sixteen thirty-seven. Oh, oh, that's just the number behind my name. And but my... you're assuming that it's probably a Bible. No, I was just saying three sixteen is actually in there. You can just rearrange the numbers. Oh, so it's a oh, permutation. It's a, well, no, it's yeah. not a permutation. Well, it is a permutation. It's uh, it's one of the members of P four take three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Give this one fields, man. You know, since, <laughs> since we're in combinations and permutations, I feel that that is a very important. Oh yeah, it's uh, there we go. And, and it's no, funny because if you take... add them up, one one six three and seven, it's twenty six, right? Wait, 16 plus 3 plus 7, I mean? It's 26, yeah. right? That's how old I am. Wow, you know, you can find all kinds. We're getting into this area of fucking numerology right now. He's, uh... Didn't Erdish, Erdo used to do that all the time? Erdosh? I, I don't know. He was There was always stories. Odd. He was always doing that. He'd see a number on a bus, and he'd say, add them all together, and say, that's the... Did you know that that happens to be the smallest prime such that blah, 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 blah? And he, he would always the fact be saying is, is stuff like that. He like would that. know that. And he would know that. <laughs> and he'd be saying stuff like that all the time. Yeah, but Sometimes it wasn't even he, math. It was just I mean, it wasn't, like, I mean, 316. I mean, or th what? It was, you said, you said instead of one plus six plus seven, you have to take the one and the six as a single number. Right. And then add on the three and the seven to that. Which well, yeah. I think Erdos usually would sum them up, not pick and oh. choose which ones he was summing from what i read he just kind of made it up as he went oh along. he probably just had a lot <laughs> of fun yeah well he did seem like a very fun man and i have an airdosh number of infinity because i've never published anything no three you're i'm two you guys are all three. Oh, because we know you yeah well you never I'm worked someone... with me but you know me, I, I wonder what my advisor's airdosh number is because i'm working with him right now mm. And you know we're gonna have a we're going uh, we're gonna be publishing pretty soon, so I may actually be able to boost it up a little bit closer. Would you like to mention the work that will be published? Less than for infinity. Our uh, the work that will be published is on the integer magic, uh, on the integer magic null sets of planar graphs. Which, if you want to know more, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. Now, let's go to TV. We've been talking about movies for long enough. Okay. We, we mentioned okay. numbers. Anyone else here remember Square One TV? Square One Television on PBS. Oh, Hollywood oh Squares? It's where MathNet was on. Uh -huh. Dude, okay, so I got another MathNet person yeah. here. I remember I was obsessed with MathNet. I would always drink a cold glass of Green River soda and watch MathNet. Don't you don't know Green River? I got no. suspended from is that grade like, school. Is that like Mountain Dew? Because of that show. Eh, kind of. You got what? I got suspended from grade school. I, I, I You know how they have their calculators in, in, in the holster? Yeah, yeah, they I, 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 I the brought a holster to school, mm. and oh. yeah, I, they weren't really having any of that. So, <laughs> well, it was, you know. it was it was bad. It was just this great ripoff of Dragnet, 
instead of you know detective friday there's what detective monday or detective tuesday something like that they they literally walked around with calculators they would solve things and a bunch of them are up on youtube i just watched one recently that they had to solve uh, a puzzle to find uh money that this person had left this young boy and someone else was trying to find it, you know, and they captured him. But then they had to figure it out using the Fibonacci sequence. Oh. And then not only the Fibonacci sequence, they busted it out to modular Fibonacci. Fibonacci occurs in a lot of stuff. Didn't it occur in the Da Vinci Code too? With the, oh, yeah. It yeah. was because yeah. well, it's it was Italian. In like the first chapter. Yeah. You know, it was beyond even that. They were talking about the golden ratio. Oh, yeah. Because that... they were talking, uh, you know, art history. And Da Vinci knew the golden ratio. And he always made... He always the maintained gold. the golden ratio in the size of his art because the the idea is the human eye perceives that as the most beautiful you know rectangular shape. Yeah, but that sounds like cultural garbage. I mean, is there any place in, in like physics or chemistry pretty... where it? Oh, are you kidding me? Ancient. The, oh, the, yeah. I mean, it, Fibonacci designed his sequence after the uh, mating habits of rabbits. Uh, the amount of petals on a flower is always a Fibonacci number. Flowers. Uh, yeah, the, it's like I've I've read that. It's supposed yeah, to be like pretty. Uh, on uh, broccoli and cauliflower, uh, the fractal design. On, well, the partial fractal design because it doesn't go down to it doesn't go down forever, so it's not a full fractal. Uh, is you can derive the ratio the ratio and the amount of like little dots on each um, part of the fractal from the Fibonacci sequence. Uh, the way that. Uh, branches go up a tree is related to the fibonacci sequence it shows up in all kinds of things it's it is uh the conch shells if you cut mm -hmm. a conch shell in half and you look at it that's uh the fibonacci ratio and with the golden ratio it in connection with the da vinci code in uh, ancient greece there was a lot of um ancient greek theology or geometry there was actually a lot of theology they they believed that i mean there was the whole platonistic well, pythagoras thing. Pythagoras, yeah. I mean, Pythagoreans, I mean, they weren't just people who happened to take oh, classes yeah. from Pythagoras. That was a religion almost. The, it was. It was actually literally a religion, and it was a uh, it was a reincarnate religion, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And like the, their entire it's... thing was that ma that numbers were all, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was kind of creepy when you look back on it. I mean, it was a math cult. Yeah, well, I which mean... Which is definitely part... pop culture back in Greek, yeah. so... Yeah, part, I guess part of the idea is that... Uh, your classical geometry had all the rational rules that were in existence, and since reality was rational, therefore geometry was the ultimate thing. I guess was kind of the idea, and that's how yeah. it shows up in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, math and that they, I mean, they also do. Some, I saw one recently where they were, they had to find something that had been dropped uh, off of a boat, and they actually went like and uh, determined how long it would take something of that same weight to sink. They, and they use stopwatches and everything so that so that you could I mean it wasn't high level fluid dynamics, which is what you would actually use. But it was, you know, a fun thing that like if you had a pool or something in your backyard, you could actually do something like this on your own. And it was one of the reasons that I really got into math as a child was watching that show. So I, I was obsessed with that show. I never missed a single episode of that show. If I was not home in time, we had the VCR set to record it. I was always on the science shows. I uh, I mean, Bill Nye, the science guy, is pretty awesome, but it was no math net. I was. Oh yeah, you I were you were like that. twenty at that point. <laughs> yeah, that <was laughs> not quite later. that old, but yeah, that was a bit later for me. I, I forget who it was though. 
I can't remember. The oh, name was of it the was it the show, no. was it the crazy science guy? Like had like really odd. He yeah, recently I, passed away. Like I remember last year. something odd about him. I don't remember. Yeah. it wasn't Bill Nye though. It was no, the guy no, before him. Yeah, it was the guy before him. Mr. Wizard. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Oh. That's it. He's Somebody dead. Herbert. He's dead. Yeah, Don yeah. Herbert. Yeah, I used yeah, to watch that show. Passed away last year, the year before. Bless him. If you're into that. Okay, uh, so other television. We have uh, numbers. Oh. Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, it, it's a video game. Okay, go. Oh, Number Munchers. You guys ever play that? No, but I did Seen play it. Math Blaster. Oh, I have played that. Holy shit! Yeah, man, I was I could play that on expert and beat. Oh, it I thought you were gonna say on ecstasy. Anything. I, could, <laughs> dude, I, I could play Math Blasters on ecstasy. Well, I tried. I tried playing it on ecstasy, but I just but ended I up kept licking the keyboard. I kept, I kept rubbing the screen. <laughs> no, I licked. I licked the keyboard a lot. Oh yeah, it tasted really good. <laughs> Well, okay. all the you know, your fingers kind of sweat, and you get all the right. salt on there. It's like licking a salt lick. It's like when animals lick your hand, and you think they like you, but they just want the salt off your body. Yeah, exactly. Okay, leech. so what was number crunch? Leeches. Um, number number munchers. Um, it was like this little green guy, and there'd be like a grid. There'd be a grid, and um, there'd be like these monsters walking around, and you're a little green guy, and like every box you would walk into, like there'd be a number in a box, right? And you go in there, and your mouth would, like be around it. <laughs> And you're not sure whether you should eat or not. It'll say like multiples of two or multiples oh, of three or stuff like that, that right? Sounds like a good one. And so you have to, like you play it when you're like I don't know, young. Well, yeah, same time that you play. Like I was deriving enjoyment from it even past the age that I. You know, oh I, man, I, I, I would go in there and be like three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I have ball. a I have a fun one. I mean, there's Brain Age too, which is very similar. I mean, it's it's for the DS, and there's various other brain tuning ones. I mean, not all the parts of Brain Age are math, but there's a lot of them that are. And it's all always speed math because it's supposed to help your mind, you know, combat aging or something like that. Oh, and I have one. I have one for my iPhone that it's literally it's just uh, it's it's a set of true or false questions. They give you an actual formula like three times five equals 14. And, and you have to figure out yes or no. Right. What game is that? No, uh, I, I don't know. But there's a huge variety they of have, different ones. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff on the Wii and the yeah. Game and there's a stuff huge like amount of fun. And they shouldn't be, but it's like playing flashcards when you're in elementary school. I which, I know a lot of people who own games like Brain Age stuff like oh, that. Oh, Brain it's Age like, is a huge amount of fun. Yeah. The math stuff is kind of tedious because well, it, the the point is, is like doing it really but, fast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's exactly it. But I mean it's just like playing flashcards. I don't know who else here. I mean I assume everyone else played. You know, did the math flashcards in like elementary yeah. school, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I had yeah yeah. Hey, anyone else here? Their class champ. I don't know that we had champions. I was the reading champ. Oh, I really was. I was like, did one of the, you know they do the scholastic things like how many books can you read? Oh, the the Pizza Hut ones where you got the personal pan pizza. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I got I more was pizzas. Those. I was that yeah, once. Yeah, I got more pizzas <laughs> than anyone else in my school's history. <laughs> I think I won before I really. I think I did it before they really had prizes. Though. It was book. It. I just don't remember. Book what. it. That was uh, that was what it was got, called. Oh yeah. I might have got yeah. a pizza. That would. See why I don't have any evidence. We, we had March, March, uh, March 13th, uh, Pi Day. Oh, you know, yeah. you have to memorize oh. the digits of Pi. And yeah, but, oh, yeah. But yeah, are, yeah are, oh. that's the one I remember. I thought we were going to have the digits pie. of Pi. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, we're throwing a huge ass party pie day. for Pi Day. And we're going to. UNLV and, and people, if you want to go to Pi Day. Yeah, yeah, come to UNLV. See, Is Pi Day on a Friday this year? I don't know. Pi Day might be on a Friday. Might be. And then it will be Pi Day. Pi Day Friday. Pi Day is on a Saturday. Oh, oh, sorry, people. What's wrong with that? 
Saturday? Oh, yeah. Then you can come early in the morning. Yeah, we're going to have an all-day pie celebration. Saturday. We're going to have breakfast pies, and then we're going to have meat pies, and then we're going to have dessert pies, and then we're going to have shepherd's pie. and Pumpkin pie. Pies. We're going to have pie shots. Pies. Pie shots. Pie Fr- shots. Friday morning. Well, Friday night. Saturday <laughs> morning early. 12.01. But to get a piece of pie... You have to add the next number onto the number of pi. So you better get here early if you want to get the one four. <laughs> I'm calling the three, so I well, get three pieces of pi. Uh, really, we have we can only eat at three fourteen a.m. and three fourteen p.m. Unless you're on the twenty four hour clock. My, all right, but, everybody come to my pie day because yeah. my pie day is gonna be a little different. We're gonna eat pie <laughs> all day. No, but I'm do. talking about pop culture and math. Pie day has gotten huge. Yeah. Like you go on the internet on pie day. And like Boing Boing and Slash are just filled with pictures of pies, but that have like various different like images of pie. Someone actually made a pie that was shaped like the Greek letter pie, mm. which was really quite interesting. They managed to uh, actually they they built like a shape and then they managed to put the pie like crust around it. That's crazy. And it was actually a pie. Mm. I got a question about pie. I mean, can I find my social security number or my cell phone number in there? Yes. Eventually, yeah. yeah it's no, like the genetic code. There's actually, there no, there's a theorem that states how, uh, uh, like, how many digits in it exists. I, I oh, don't, it actually I can't, tells you? Yeah, one that it's, it That's... will be a maximum of this many digits. Oh, yeah, I can, you can figure out a maximum. Yeah, I mean, it's just a pigeonhole principle. Yeah. I mean, you figure out for seven-digit things, there's a <laughs> certain amount of possible seven-digit sequences. And, and so, given that they can't repeat, well, but often. I mean, when you say repeat, I mean, can't they have like two one two one two one two, and then you know some finite number of times, and then it can just be something different? I, from... Not no, no, it's like a zebra. No, because eventually, if you keep doing that, you will have a repeating decimal. Yeah. And pi is not a repeating decimal, so therefore that can't happen. But I mean, can't you have a pair of numbers, you know, maybe one two appear in that order, you know, just one two, say a million times, and then something different after that not in a row uh yeah uh but there there is there is something that or maybe it's an approximation of when it will happen might not be an actual theorem but there is something that will essentially tell you how far in the maximum is it's like the bible code you don't know what it is until you have your own number and then you have to like do some doohickey thing and figure it all out back to fucking (laughs) flashcards i really want to talk about flashcards okay because i remember flashcards being the most the most fun thing what Nothing. What did you say? Is this media? <laughs> we're, we're back on the media topic now? Media? Math in the media? No, flashcards. Okay, right. This has nothing to do well, with no, pop it's culture. Well, no, it's kind Well, uh, yeah. But no, I just... I just, I, I have such fantastic memories of doing flashcards until the fourth grade, which was the first time that I was ever beat. Oh. <laughs> and that was a very sad... Like, I remember that being, like... It, it, it ranked up there with my two worst elementary school memories. Most people have very bad elementary school memories. They're like being made fun of, you know, uh, accidentally urinating in their pants. Very, yeah. you know, various really horrible things that happened to them in elementary school. The look on Jeff's face says that nothing bad to him possibly <laughs> happened. I, I, every time I got to school, they like came to the bus and picked me up and pushed me in above everybody else's head. <laughs> like, finally, he's here. <laughs> Finally, but is no, here like, someone to teach us something? Like, like a really good, <laughs> a really good measure of like how horrible of a geek I was that early, and how ridiculous of a person I was at that age. My two worst memories of elementary school is getting one wrong on a spelling test in third grade, and being beat in flashcards for the first time in fourth grade. Uh. Like 
I was so indoctrinated into the whole, like, you have to be the best in academics thing. Like, the thing that affected me most was not doing perfectly. Uh, that was I a had a learning experience. I had a lot of competition in my schools. Man, whenever I... we whenever we had to memorize the digits of pi, there was, a, there was these two kids. Let me just preface this with they started college in seventh grade. <laughs> okay, so anyway, when we had to memorize the digits of pi, I would get up to like 30, 40, something like that. These guys, they were in the 400s, and then they quit because they got bored. <laughs> and it was like, so whenever I had the competition, I was good, but I wasn't insane, you know? Another another what, place. What are they doing now, though? They're homeless. Yeah, I'd have to look it up online. but They're I probably heard. locked away in a castle. Yeah, I haven't heard from them. I know one, the one guy I'm talking, one of these guys was actually, call. last I heard was still working on his PhD, I don't know. See? In math, I mean. Uh, okay, so speaking of, like, insane amounts of memorization something that really does grab like popular culture and just people's minds really quickly is the idiot savant oh yeah the savant oh, yeah. you know the yeah. person who can memorize pi to four hundred thousand digits Ex the, oh the man these guys remind I remember, me a little bit i remember the the because the i was talking about the man who mistook his wife for a hat rack mm -hmm. that was uh oliver sacks book and oliver sacks did work with uh uh twin savants who could, uh, who would say certain amounts of uh, digit numbers to one another, like four or five digit numbers to one another, and they would just go back and forth really, really fast. And no one could quite figure out what it was until Oliver Sacks started writing them down and realized that every single one of them was prime. And then he once said a six digit prime number to them. And they got like the hugest smiles on their face and started bouncing back <laughs> six digit primes to them and just reeling them off they were prime number checkers mm. essentially that was that was their savant skill they could just immediately tell in a second whether or not a number was prime and i mean we have rain man was an was a yeah. savant picture and yeah. there's always on like 60 minutes 2020 there's always a story or two every year about the newest mathematical savant who you know, instead of 400,000 digits, just recite, you know, knows if you ask him what digit of pi, like what the three millionth digit of pi is, he can just tell you. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there's a Bruce Willis movie where he, oh, I'm sorry, back to the movie. So Bruce Willis was uh, a cop and he was supposed to, he was trying to protect this little boy. Oh, yeah. The kid was He's savant, a code breaker. And he was able, he was breaking codes or something. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The NSA and, and crossword the NSA, puzzles or something yeah. like that. And the NSA wanted to kill him because, like, he was breaking their latest encryption scheme. And then I, I remember that movie. And then the aliens from outer space came and picked him up because he was really good. Is that at Armageddon? Game. Yeah, yeah, Armageddon. Armageddon. Bruce Willis is a code breaker, and there's a guy who, uh, a kid who flies the last starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's sounding familiar. <laughs> You know, if only that was the plot of Armageddon. <laughs> but but at the end, Bruce Willis's character ended up being dead. And the kid was not only a genius with numbers, he could also see dead people. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then I jizzed in my pants. And unless he was in water, he couldn't get beat up. Is that Waterworld? Uh, yes, but if you Water did World. put him in water, uh, and, and he would sprout all these little evil yeah, gremlins yeah, Bruce, that would come well, and, and Well, And Bruce Willis was also a kangaroo. Looked oh, yeah. a lot like Ice-T. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't even. Now like that we're done nice morphing tea. our movies together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, one odd thing about because we were on television a while ago before mm -hmm. we ended up somewhere else. Uh, oddly enough, there is a person who was in the Wonder Years, 
Mm. Which I'm sure we were all like Wonder Years was a huge yeah. thing for all of us. Like I Wonder Wonder Years was you didn't you didn't I you... I saw like half an episode. Oh time. man, I was, I didn't like the was... fact he would like dollar I was. Oh okay. <laughs> just one... like just tell the story. Wonder Wonder yeah. Years was one of my. But yeah, a lot of people like it. A lot of people like it. And there was one it. of yeah. the actor actors on that show has an Airdosh bacon number of six. Airdosh number of two. Winnie Cooper is a mathematician. No way. Yeah, what's a bacon? Who's Winnie what's Cooper? Was that the hot chick? Yeah. That yeah, that yeah. that was the love interest. Well, Danica McKellar. Oh. What what's is, the air, what's yeah, the what's thing? A bacon number? Uh, yeah. Well, bacon number. Uh how many degrees of separation? Oh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin oh, bacon. Kevin Bacon. So the Airdosh bacon number <laughs> I, I, is I the Airdosh number multiplied by the bacon that, number. That may that may say something when I know what an Airdosh number is, but I don't know what a bacon number is. <laughs> Well, yeah, but if you so if you say degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, you, yeah. you know what yeah. that is. You just never heard it referred to as a Bacon number. But no, she was uh, she wrote a paper. She has her name in a theorem, the Chase McKellar Win theorem. She's McKellar, mm-hmm. and it's uh, uh, co-author of other was other students. Uh, and uh, she uh, no, she has an Airdosh number of four. She, oh. she has a bacon number of six, so that you sum the two. But she writes uh, books these days, uh, you know, trying to make people really like math. Uh, one of the mm. names is Math Doesn't Suck. Please How like to math. survive middle school math without losing your mind or breaking a nail. So essentially the whole idea is to I – mean, because young girls have been indoctrinated by culture to not like math. Math is not a girl's thing to do. Right. And Unless that, they're adding up babies in their womb. Figuring out how many eggs they have left yep. so that they can be barefoot and pregnant how for many, the largest proportion. What's of the maximum number of sperm you can hold? Yeah, I mean those are all very important things uh, for young women to learn. But and and of course, how many pounds of flour right, do you use? Right. And so how much you have conversion to buy, tables? Yeah. Given how many roasts and casseroles you're gonna bake. But and the and she released a second book, uh, recently <laughs> or last year called Kiss My Math. Oh. Showing pre-algebra who's boss. Mm. And apparently the answer at the end of the book is it's not Tony Danza. <laughs> Which is good, because that guy should not be around women. I, nobody watch Who's the Boss, did they? No, I've, 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 I've seen, seen him. I don't, need to wa- I don't need to watch Who's the Boss. <laughs> to know who that I know the answer is 42. The question is the hard one. Who's the star of Who's the Boss? Well, I know who he is. And I just so, don't know what the question is. So showing pre-algebra who's Oh, now I get it. Okay, I'm the dumb one in the room now. I think Brian Green, uh, Brian Green, the string theorist from um, Columbia University. The elegant, the elegant yeah. universe. Right. Is he that, has uh, an Erdos number, of course. Oh, yeah. He has Everybody a does. Number. He was in that movie with, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Frequency. He was in Frequency. Mm. Oh. And he was also in um, uh, that one movie about the, uh, the, there's like some children's toy that ends up being like uh, an e. alien. Oh, Mimsy not E.T. Oh, oh. The, the the last Mimsy. Yes, yeah, he was in the last Mimsy. Last oh. Mimsy. Yeah, and uh, oh, he was a consultant. No, no, he was a technical advisor oh. for the last Mimsy. He was also a technical consultant for Frequency and a consultant for Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Oh, and it, no, he was he was an actor in the last Mimsy as well. He was the Intel science scientist, and uh, he was an actor in Maze, but he did not act in Frequency. But he would have a bacon number. Mm. Uh, and he has been on the Colbert Report. Bacon! Mm. 
So does he have the smallest uh, bacon Airdosh number? Oh, I, I, I imagine it's probably uh, Danica McKellick. I mean, because I would assume that Brian Green's bacon number is more than two. But but it does depend on what his Airdosh number is. You don't happen to know it off the top of your head, dude. Why can't we get one of those Airdosh number? Why can't Why can't we get an idiot savant? Let's see those. which one of us can get the smallest. Oh, let's bacon try Airdosh number. Oh. Does any of us have a good bacon number though? I mean, infinity uh, is the same thing as oddly, infinity. Oddly enough, I may. You have a bacon number. I I think that I may because of uh, friends who have done acting stuff. You have to be in a movie though to get a bacon number, right? No, no, no. no. What, you can have work? you can have friends who were in a movie who was in somebody. Oh, okay. And somehow that's how many degrees of separation you are from Kevin Bacon. And so even if you have to be in some sort of production, we'll just invite this person to the podcast and then everybody can get a bacon number. And then I have a bacon yeah. number and then be less than ten. He's a pretty cool oh, guy. Depends on how many yeah, degrees of separation. For a long time Brian Green did have the clear lead with five. Mm. So he has the Airdosh bacon number of five. Mm. Uh, why do we care? No, let's get back yeah, to that's something the question. else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This 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 topic is horrible. I'm very sorry. Uh, so we we're maximizing we were... our air di- or minimizing our Airdosh number. So where the, the fuck were we? You guys were talking about. Well, we talked about number muncher. We were talking about video games. Video games. What about other video games that involve? For a while, I was... involve numbers. How about like higher level ones that aren't learning games? There has to be something. I remember Wing Commander back in the day. You ever, any of you guys ever played? Dude, Wing Commander? I I was I I definitely played Wing Commander, and okay. I purposefully didn't watch the movie. Oh well, yeah, the movie has a star. Wow. Of course, I like the game so much, I actually bought the movie. But that's because I like the game rather than the movie. Anyway. In uh, Wing Commander Privateer, they used to wait, have. Is that a sequel or is that? It's a sequel to the original. Okay. In there, anyway, there you could take. You were allowed to be hired on for this one mission. And okay, this isn't all about math, but in this thing <laughs> there was this terrorist. Okay, he's a math terrorist, which I don't know. But anyway, that is fantastic. Dropping that, numbers I thought on that your was head. Awesome. Dropping numbers evil on your head. Genius. He was an so, evil genius. And so, so you he's had a math terrorist. So what he did is he published a lot of things that looked like they were true, but they weren't. So they screwed up all the oh. mathematicians because they kept on using the wrong theorems. Yeah, that would have that been, been better. But <laughs> no, this was much lamer. Literally. Anyway, what and what he would do is in order to be able to track down the stuff that he had stole, obviously he was trying to distract you while he went somewhere else. What he would do is he would, he would mail you encoded within a certain sort of math problem the coordinates of the next jump point that you were supposed to go to. Oh. And so permutation showed up in there. There was a whole bunch of like 100 and 200 level like actual math stuff. That oh, that's fun. If you, if you yeah. hadn't, you know, it was, or maybe at least senior, junior level high school stuff. I mean, if you were middle school, you probably wouldn't be able to solve any of these things. And you just go back and, home oh, and man, take another Oh, man, and back mission. when Wing Commander was out, that was pre-global internet adoption days. Yeah. I mean, if you had the internet, I guarantee you could find the answers because, I mean, Wing Commander, video gamers, yeah. internet, they... Hand yeah, hand. Was, I think it was Borderlands. Well, how long ago was that, though? I mean, the... Well, Wing Commander, early 90s. 90s. Yeah, Or no, right. maybe late 80s for the 80. original. Back the late 80s for original, I think, or Wing Commander Privateer is probably early 90s. That's, I mean, back then the internet would have been a series of aqueducts or maybe a series of ditches, right? Can we go for an episode? We've two episodes in, two references to Ted Stevens. Do I have to put that back on the blog page again? 
Okay, so uh, we're get we're getting uh, towards where we're gonna end this up. So the next couple of things I'm gonna do is uh, one. Uh, anyone else here an XKCD reader? It's a web comic. It's uh, the tagline oh, is. Oh, I wish Lucas was here. He read them. Yeah, Lucas. Lucas loves them, but it's uh, what science. We the miss you, Lucas. Is science love or a web comic of science love sarcasm and math, and there's all kinds of actual like real math in the strips oh, and they're fantastic too. and they're hilarious they're I probably, much funnier would i enjoy things. them though even though if i yeah i don't yeah. know a whole lot of math no you don't need to know a whole lot of math for a lot of the jokes are there additional jokes i'm not going no, to no that was so bad come on come on <laughs> that was a good time uh but yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Much funnier areas of math than uh, what we actually have. And other, uh, as far as math in pop culture, there's nothing bigger in pop culture than the YouTube. That's another. No, YouTube's yeah, another, the best website out there. Another website. No, that's the Wikipedia. And don't you dare say anything against it. It is no. The okay, Wikipedia. okay. Wikipedia and then YouTube. Okay, and and I think YouTube gets the in front of it. It's the YouTube, but it's not in all caps. It's just a capitalized T and then lowercase h-e for the YouTube. But there's some fantastic things on the YouTube right now, which are uh, people always... taking uh, you know, songs like I Will Survive or uh, uh, Glamorous and turning them into math songs, such as I Will Derive, which is one of the funniest things. And the video that was put together for it's fantastic. And uh, they did someone did something with Fergalicious. Fergalicious. That, that takes skill right there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they're they're really good. There's some really fun uh math music out there too. Klein for the mathematicians. Any nerdcore, you know, the MC front a lot. Uh, definitely has some math in it. Uh, but just in general, those are other fun things. And I think we're gonna you know call it an end of an episode. So from UNLV. CBC, CBC. From UNLV CDC, Building Seven's mailroom. I uh, will bid you all do, and thanks for listening. Well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to reach us, you can email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, please check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. All the music that you heard on the podcast is from SP12, and if you want to find more of their music, check them out at opsound.org. Thank you very much for listening.